Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. How can we improve our commercial pilot maneuvers? Getting back to the fundamentals. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast brought to you by our number one rated online ground school. You can check it out more at M0A.com. You know we have the new learning management system, new private, new instrument, and... We're working on a new CFI, a new commercial pilot course as well. So many, many exciting things happening there and just can't wait to continue to share those with you. Hey, by the way, this just in, breaking news, the Pass Your Commercial Pilot Checkride book, for those of you watching this, I have a, a copy of it here, is now available on audiobook. You also notice too, we're changing some of the checkride covers. So the cover I'm holding is the original red cover that is still the most up-to-date paperback uh, version of this. The audiobook does have a different book cover. It is the same book. We're working to update the print version of those next. So don't get confused with that when you see a different cover. Um, it is the exact same book. Past your commercial pilot checkride, you can grab it on Audible. I believe audiobooks.com as well, uh, but Audible being the main source to grab those. If you have an Audible membership, uh, I think you can even do an Audible trial and just grab a copy of it that way as well. So um, pass your commercial pilot check ride now out on audiobook. Thank you to the one and only Tom Frick. Tom edits these uh, podcasts for us as well, the audio portion of it, uh, for helping that come to life, and Clara for working on the graphics for that. It means the world to us. Um, we have a great team around us, and you, I imagine, have a great team around you. We're going to talk today about improving our commercial pilot maneuvers. And the theme for March has been what? The theme for March has been getting back to the basics, getting back to what I'm calling the fundamentals. And I hope you've been loving this fundamental series. I hope you've been having a chance to really get through this fundamental series, learning as much as we can and being humble about it. Because if you're listening to this, you're already a certificated pilot. You're probably more advanced in your ratings and certificates. The fact that you're a good pod who's always learning, you're listening to this, maybe you listen to the CFI podcast, the other podcasts as well, it tells me a lot about you and your character to start with. So pat yourself on the back for that, just for continuing to go above and beyond, no doubt. But I hope you're in a position too to be humble enough to realize that, yes, even I can go back to the basics. Even I can learn something. And maybe you did through... Um, through the fundamentals of landings. Maybe you're able to check out the fundamentals of landings a little bit and, and, and say, you know what, wow, that glassy water landing to help me at night when I have a, a landing light failure, that is gonna become important. And it's these little basic things and taking these as flight lessons and working them through with some space between the lessons, realizing the fundamentals of mixed practice as well. That's the science of learning is happening throughout this series, whether you know it or not. And if you follow it to a T, you will excel in your training. So if you leave me a comment below, have you had a chance to fly any of these lessons we've posted just yet? The one I want to spend some time with here is the flight maneuvers one. 
And that posted after the landings. It would have been the second Tuesday in March. This is March of 2021. Uh, you can go find the Fundamentals series on our YouTube or on our Facebook page. Probably a little easier to find it on YouTube. Um, and perhaps the team has made a playlist of it as well where you can go check all that out. But the one I'm talking about is our flight maneuvers where I take you through slow flight clean, slow flight dirty to a power off stall. All in one, not one fluid movement, but all in one maneuver. We never discontinued the maneuver. We enter into slow flight clean. We transition to slow flight dirty. We take that all the way to the power off stall. We do some turns in there as well. Why? I want to talk about the why and then talk about how we can do this in future maneuvers as well. Because ground reference maneuvers is either already posted or about to post, depending on how the team uh, uh segments these and schedules these. But let's start with our flight maneuvers. I have you enter into slow flight in the clean configuration. And slow flight clean can be tricky. Especially, I personally find ACS slow flight more difficult than PTS slow flight. Because ACS slow flight is all about what, right? We don't want the stall warning horn to come on. Remember at um, at the private pilot level, stall warning horn comes on, what do we do? We discontinue the maneuver, right? We, we get that stall warning horn off, we discontinue that maneuver. A little different for a commercial pilot, but still, we live in this phobia of making the stall warning horn come on. Well, you and I have been flying in times when you catch a gust of wind and the stall warning horn comes on. Um, if you have a stall warning vent, a stall warning tab is even more sensitive to those sort of things. So that can prove a challenge in itself. So slow flight clean, you're not getting as slow as you used to, say PTS slow flight. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we used to fly under the practical test standards. We now fly under the airman certification standards and they have some different discrepancies as to how we did and now do our slow flight. So with that, slow flight clean, you're flying a little faster than you normally would because you're trying to avoid that stall warning horn coming on. Where it gets interesting is how I want you to transition from clean to dirty slow flight without a true recovery. So working your flaps in. And you see in the video, I baby my flaps in. You can do it either way. You could baby your flaps in or you could dump your flaps in. I mean, the options are, are, are really yours when it comes to that. I recommend babying the flaps in. However, remembering that when I baby my flaps in, my flaps cause my nose to want to come where? Up, right? My nose wants to come up. So I have to be mindful of that. It's very easy to get slow quickly. It's also, and I don't, I can't recall if I illustrated this in this video. It's very easy to just focus on getting the flaps in and forget about the power settings. Because as you're adding flaps, you're going to have to add power. In fact, I recommend Add your 10 degrees of flaps, hand back on the throttle. And if you need more power, do it. Next notch of flaps, hand back on the throttle. And go back and forth all the way till your full flaps with that. Also realizing too, and this will be a check right examiner, not a gotcha, but it'll show them that you're thinking about how the airplane and how you fit in this environment and what's happening and you're, you're master of your craft in a way. If I get back in the green arc, if you're flying a carbureted aircraft, remember we use carburetor heat outside of the green arc on the tachometer, on my RPMs. If I get, and usually you will, especially in the summertime, get within the green arc at dirty slow flight, right, landing configuration slow flight, that I'll have the power, so much power, that I'll be probably just kissing barely into the green arc 
I can and should turn my carburetor heat off because carb heat's only really anytime I bring the airplane outside the green arc on the tachometer for most aircraft. Consult your POH on that. Most airplanes I fly, that's pretty standard. I'd argue it's probably the same for you all. But again, consult your POH, please, uh, just to make sure. Again, it shows that you're paying attention. Okay, I'm in the green arc my carburetor heat can come off. So I can work that in there. Being mindful of my carb heat's gonna give me 50 to 100, maybe more RPMs. So could that cause a little bit of a climb perhaps? Because through and through, what are we teaching? I pitch for airspeed, I power for altitude. I pitch for airspeed, I power for altitude. You've heard me say that before. I hope you've heard your instructor say that before. And I hope it slowly is going to start to make sense to you as well. That I pitch for airspeed, I power for altitude. The day that clicks for you is going to be a really, really good day in the cockpit because it all will make sense. And slow flight is such a great way to illustrate that. Slow flight illustrates that so perfectly for us. I pitch for airspeed, I power for altitude, and that helps us with our landings. We practice slow flight really to get better at our landings. That's why I'm such an advocate of slow flight down the runway, because in its nature, slow flight was created to help us learn how to control the airplane at its what's called its MCA, its minimum controllable airspeed. And when we can learn to maneuver aloft at altitude at our minimum controllable airspeed, well, landing and ground effect is no different than that. We're simply just in our MCA, our minimum controllable airspeed. So I have you transition from clean slow flight to dirty slow flight. I also introduce some turns in there. One thing I love to do and demonstrate is how the yoke is doing almost nothing. You remember that in that video? And I was really working the yoke. If you did that at cruise flight, we would have just about done a barrel roll, right? I mean, it, it with that much air flowing over the control surfaces. However, in slow flight, we don't have that same, I mean, the same air is there, just not traveling over those control surfaces as fast. So just something else to, to, to focus on there. It's very, very fascinating, very, very interesting um, as we work through that. From there, I have you do something very interesting. I have you go into take it right into a power off, a landing configuration stall. So flaps in, gear down, whatever that may be for your airplane. I take you through that because what I want to show you is the moment you bring that power back, 1,000, 2,000 RPMs, what happened? The stall warning horn came on like clockwork, telling you you were right at the brink of a stall or the warning horn, the, the warning horn coming on, which is perfect slow flight. And it doesn't take much to actually bring that airplane to a stall, showing you the importance of our pitch and power settings, which will ultimately, you saw in the next video called Know Your Airplane, which is knowing your pitch and power settings. So the purpose of breaking that into that stall, and this is something I don't get to share in these videos because I never intended for the landing video itself to be 27 minutes. And my goodness, we're over like 20,000 views on that video now, it's incredible that you all spent 30 minutes, 20,000 of you spent 30 minutes watching that. What a blessing. Uh, you all are so dedicated. It blows me away. My goal is quick, concise videos. I don't get to share everything. And sometimes laying in bed, I think, man, I wish I would have mentioned that. And this is one of those things I wish I would have mentioned. The reason I had you go to a stall, a power off stall after that, is I wanted you to see the importance of having the right power settings. Because if you watch the video again, the moment I bring that throttle back, the stall warning horn comes on and that airplane is in a stall within, I don't know, uh, 
10, 15 seconds before that airplane breaks, I did not change my pitch, I just changed my power setting. Which then segues into video three, Know Your Airplane, which on the surface, someone who wasn't attuned to pursuing mastery in aviation would go, this is a really boring video. And I guarantee out of all the fundamentals, when this series is over, we'll talk about it maybe on the live stream on March 30th, we'll talk about that, that that is probably the video with the least amount of views because it's just not a, it's not a glamorous, splashy topic like landings or radio communication. Like these topics always get more views because they're things we struggle with. Yet no one is willing to go back to the basics and realize maybe I need to work on my pitch and power settings. It is not glamorous. You're thinking this is like, you know, private pilot lesson one kind of stuff, Jason. But so many of us glossed through private pilot lesson one and built a sandy foundation is the, is the phrase I've been using here. And that's just because we wanted to fly over our parents' house, we wanted to fly over our spouse's, our house, we wanted to fly over a friend's house, whatever it is, like we want to do all these fun things, private pilot lesson one, two, and show people that we're flying with our instructors, that we never learned the basics of just how pitch and power are so intertwined. So if you find yourself not knowing when I say, we pitch for airspeed, we power for altitude, I would argue you have a sandy foundation, knowledge-wise and skill-wise, on the relationship of pitch and power. Now, hopefully this podcast is helping you understand that, that the moment I brought that power back, my pitch didn't change, the airplane stalled. You then go watch video three in the fundamentals, knowing your airplane, watching, can I climb at 90 knots? Can I climb, at, can I descend at 90 knots? Can I leave this power, do 90 knots at this power setting? There's so many various combinations there that can happen. Some of your airplane will do well, some of your airplane literally cannot do. You need to know the limits. That's why the video is called Know Your Airplane. And a Bonanza will be different than an Archer, will be different than a 172. Because they're all different power plants, they're all different airframes, they're all different geographic conditions as well, weather conditions, density altitude conditions. You have to know your airplane throughout these various scenarios. And that's what's gonna to prove to be so important through this. Which leads me into the next video, which is our ground reference maneuvers. And I dive into there and I show some eights on pylons, which is, ironically all ties together. Not only because this is the commercial pilot podcast, I start with turns around a point again. Another maneuver that gets a lot of boo-hoos, that's not fun, that's not splashy, show me glassy water landing kind of stuff. Like I, I get it. We we could make great clickbaity videos that got a, a, a ton of views, but we choose not to because we want to teach you what you need to be taught. And, and those of you who are willing to watch those, again, are the diehards who are truly pursuing mastery. The others are just chasing clickbaity titles that really leave them starving for wisdom. And I think we're, we're in, a, in a society that has so much information yet is starving for wisdom. And, and I hope, um, I don't know how else to humbly say this, I hope you would consider M0A one of those places of wisdom for you in that. You're watching this, you're, we're 14 minutes in this video or this podcast and you're still listening or watching. So I, I'd argue that's perhaps the case and thank you that you're a blessing to us and to aviation as a whole as you continue to share the good word of m0a.com. Thank you for that. But I bring in eights on pylons to the equation because remember with eights on pylons, we've talked about this in commercial pilot podcasts of past time. How unlike a turnaround a point, where a turnaround a point is all about how is wind? How is wind blowing me closer or further away from my point? It's all about wind and drift. 
That is what a turnaround point is. Where eights on pylons are all about, I'm an airplane on a string, right? Remember you're a kid, you got an airplane on a string and you spin around um, and then you, you maintain, right? Um, the faster you go, the higher up the airplane goes, everything else, it's based on pivotal altitude. Can I, can I share a fun story that just came to me? This isn't in my script. Um, I'm a big aviation history buff, and I've been reading a lot about the history of uh, Piper Aircraft, um, actually. And I was reading uh, Mr. Piper and His Cubs is the book, and it's the history of Piper Aircraft and, and, uh, and William Piper Sr. And he was sharing a story. I want to say it was an aircraft dealer that had a Piper Cub. I want to say it was an E2 Cub before, this is even before the J3s had come out. And they were very, very underpowered. They they started with 20 horsepower. I think they eventually built up to 40 horsepower. They never had a lot of horsepower. Always had engine problems early on with this. And one of the dealers had a yard that was 600 feet. And 600 feet off the grass is a little too short with this underpowered cub to get going. So he went in the middle of his yard, can't make this up, right? It's in the book. And put a pole in the middle of his, of his yard somehow managed to tie his airplane to it and did, again, before seaplane pilots even existed and were doing confined area takeoffs, um, he would fly and he would just work around this pole and build up speed and get flying and get flying, making these big circles in his 600 foot yard until he built up enough speed, again, it's a 20, 30 power, uh, horsepower engine. So he'd build up, build up, then he would cut the line loose and then he'd be flying. And that's how he did takeoffs. Um, needless to say, um, uh, Mr. Piper, as he's known, wasn't so crazy about that use of his aircraft from one of his dealers. But that is how he did it. just made me think of that is maybe that's where eights on pylons came from. <laughs> he tied himself to a pylon and that's how he took off. I am not advocating that. I'm just sharing 1930s aviation history with you on that one. I'm sure you can look it up. If not, it's in the book, Mr. Piper and his Cubs, uh, pretty early on. I want to say chapter four. Um, anyways, enough of that. Eights on ponds, that's what we're simulating though. When that gentleman was doing that takeoff, he was always the same distance from the pole, from the pylon, yet his altitude changed. And he was using altitude to maintain the same distance all the way around, which is based on our ground speed, which then creates pivotal altitude. But how do we even get to those pivotal altitudes if you had a good instructor teaching you eights on pylons? It was all about pitch. So in the previous lesson, we learned about the importance of power. In the next lesson, we learn about pitch. My airspeed not my airspeed, I'm sorry, my tachometer, my RPM remains the same through my eights on pylons, yet I am using a tool like pitch, adjusting my altitude to maintain the same distance. Can you see how intertwined this is? It's mixed practice, and that is why I want you to go do the landings fundamentals one day. Give it at least two days, three days, a week tops, then go do the flight maneuvers. Don't try to do them all in the same day, please. That'll That'll... It won't work. I'm just telling you, it will not work. It will not be as effective, we'll call it. Get a few days and go do your ground reference maneuvers. And as we continue, or sorry, know your airplane lesson, then do your ground reference maneuvers. These are the things we're trying to work through. Really, you should have four flight lessons from this series. And then the last video, which you haven't seen yet, we're going to work to tie it all together. And I'll share some of the things that I'm sharing here as well as we work to tie those all together. But I want you just to see how interwoven all of these things really are with it. 
Did you get anything out of today? Did you get a better insight into the, the method behind the madness for this Fundamentals series? I, I hope that is the case. Hey, I also hope you'll join us March 30th uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time for a free live stream via Zoom where I'm going to continue to tie the fundamentals all together. Head over to m0alive.com where you can check that out, learn more, get signed up. I only have a thousand people that can fit on my Zoom. And I'm doing Zoom instead of YouTube and Facebook because I want to see your smiling faces. It's I love reading your comments. I love in-flight coffee. I love my ground school member-only webinars. But I want to see you. I want to see your smiling faces out there. So on Zoom, webcam's on. I want to see you all. We're going to crank for about an hour of amazing content. Really been putting my heart and soul into this. I know you're going to love it. Recording will be made available a few days later if you miss it for some reason. And that'll be on YouTube and Facebook, so don't sweat that. But I just want to thank you all for continuing to go above and beyond. Do check out m0alive.com to get signed up for that. Have an amazing, outstanding, blessed rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you.